Our uh, scripture verse that we're going to be reading this morning uh, comes to us from Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 12. There are Bibles under some of the seats that you're sitting on, either in front of you or, or directly under you. So if you'd like to, to uh, read along, you can pull them out, and that's where you'll find it. This is a part of a series we've been doing. We've been working our way through Paul's letter to the Romans. We started in chapter 6, and now we're up to chapter 8. So we're just flying along. (laughs) Um, So Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 12. Here's what it says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. This is the word of the Lord. All right, so we are finally here, a journey that began at the beginning of the year, uh, kind of coinciding with the school year. It is now finally Confirmation Sunday. And so, yeah, that's right, you can clap for them, go right ahead. And they have done lots of stuff on the way. If you are perhaps unfamiliar with the concept of confirmation, it's kind of this. Uh, we, um, most if not, I think all of our students this year were, prob- were baptized as infants and kind of raised uh, in the Christian faith. And so confirmation is really their opportunity to finally say that this is not just the faith that I was baptized into as a little baby. This is not just the faith that my parents taught me, but this is now my faith. And so as a part of that, they've spent this year learning. We've learned all sorts of doctrines. We've learned about who God is, uh, who Jesus is. We've learned about sin. We've learned about grace. We've learned about the Bible. We've learned about the sacraments. They've learned all that, but they've also had an opportunity to grow and to grow in their faith. And that's always one of the coolest things to me. Um, is watching them grow, uh, both as they literally grow, you know, like they look older now than they do when the year started, uh, but they also have had a chance to grow in their relationship with God uh, and with one another. Um, I think they've formed some friendships and some bonds that are great. And so, you know, they've done things like uh, we start the year with a weekend long, two nights, guys, two nights with like 27th graders. Uh, We spend uh, on a retreat where we do this whole like walk through the Bible. Uh, It's kind of fun. They don't know what to expect when we get there. Uh, But actually, by the end of the year, when I go back and I ask them, what was your favorite part of confirmation? Most of them will say it was that retreat. And that's so much fun that we added another one uh, at the end of the year where we do a lock-in at the church. Uh, They have to do um, a one-on-one interview with me. They have all completed. I only made a few of them cry. Um, And so, uh, so here we are today. Uh, and it's a, it's a great day uh, to be talking about this because in this series we've been doing on Romans, uh, 
the Apostle Paul is talking about what it means to be children of God. Uh, and so it's very appropriate uh, to what we are talking about. Now, he's kind of, just to give you a quick recap, um, he's been building upon what we started with over the last few weeks. This is the fourth week we've been doing this series. Uh, and so we know when we started, we started in chapter six where the Apostle Paul talked about baptism. And he says, he asked this kind of rhetorical question where he says, or don't you know that when we were baptized, we were baptized into Christ's death. Just as so when Christ was raised from the dead, we too are raised to a new life. And so we talked about that, that new life that we have. Uh, and then we talked about uh, what it was like to live in that new life, how dying with Christ and rising to a new life means we died to the law, that we're no longer under the condemnation of the law, but rather we live by the Spirit. And then last week we talked about the tension that we have as we live by the Spirit uh, and are saints in God's eyes, but yet we still struggle sometimes uh, with sin and with doing the wrong thing until we get to today uh, where we see what it is like to live as children of God. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, uses a lot of language of like captivity and bondage and slavery when he talks about sin. And he sets up this contrast between life under sin, where we are sort of uh, under sin's power, under sin's dominion, uh, and life under Christ, where we are set free from all of that. That idea of freedom is something that the Apostle Paul talks a lot about. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, we went on a, well, there's this conference that the staff here at Holy Cross that uh, one or more of us does every year. It's this conference in Arizona uh, called Best Practices, and we go there to talk about church stuff, you know. And so one year I went with a, a bunch of people. Pastor Chris was there, Daniel was there, uh, Rob Sininger was there, um, and we went, and uh, Dennis, our director of operations, was there. We had gotten a hotel um, sight unseen on the internet. And so we got there and we drive up to this place and we're driving past lots of really nice hotels, right? And then we get to the one that we were at and it looked not so nice. In fact, it was a motel, first of all, right? So you, you know, it's like you drive up to the outside. And so Chris and Daniel and I were sharing a room. And so we walk in and we open the door to the room and like the smell from 30 years worth of stale cigarettes assaults us right away as we go in, and it was, yeah, I'm not really exaggerating at all. Uh, and there was, I mean, it was dirty and dingy and old, and so we were like, oh, I don't know. So we went to go talk to some of the other people and see what their room was like. And uh, the, there were some ladies there, Lisa Mangus, our, our children's director, was there, and um, we said, how's your room? And she said, well, there's a giant stain right in the middle of the carpet and I'm pretty sure it was blood. <laughs> and so, uh, so <laughs> now as many of you know, I am cheap, uh, but I am not that cheap. And so Dennis and I made the executive decision to leave that place and try to find a nicer place. And so like we went on Yelp and we found, we found some place and we go there and it was a little more expensive, but we walk in and it was like amazing, right? It, it was this huge vaulted room, there were chandeliers, I kid you not, there was a guy playing piano, like over on the, so we walk in and there's like heavenly harp music, you know, like playing, and we go up to the, we go up to check in, and they had the, the you know, like the ice water and the thing with the strawberries inside, you know? 
and then the, as we're checking in, the lady's like, oh, and it's happy hour. We're just putting out all our free food, you know, uh, for you guys to eat. And the contrast was amazing. We couldn't believe it. I mean, it, we were laughing about it. It was so obvious. I mean, we went to a place where there were, was perhaps literally bloodstains on the carpet. And then we went to another place where the water is strawberry flavored. And... <laughs> That is what it is like for us to be freed from the power of sin, right? That keeps us in places that are dark and dingy and smell funny, right? And bring us into a relationship with God uh, where there is flavor and where there is life and where there is joy. Um, that is something that God does for us uh, through Jesus Christ, right? It's a, it's a free gift that he gives us. Um, again, last week, you know, we talked about how in baptism, we die to that old way of life. And we are raised to a new way of life, uh, where we find victory and hope and love and mercy in Christ, and we become children of God. In verse 15 of our text today, the Apostle Paul said this, he said, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. And I like that, that first line especially, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. You know, we spent all year uh, uh, teaching these kids what it means to be a Christian. And that's something you have to do because so many people have the wrong idea of what it means to be Christian. So many people think that the point of the Christian faith is mainly about keeping a very strict set of rules. And you've got to do this strict set of rules. And if you, don't do the, if you do the strict set of rules, you're in. And if you don't do the strict set of rules, you are definitely out. That's why so many people, honestly and mistakenly, uh, believe that all religions are the same. Because most religions have some type of moral component. Most religions have something like the Ten Commandments that say you should worship God and you shouldn't murder other people and you shouldn't steal and you should be faithful to your wife or whatever. But that's not what our faith is about. See, that creates a spirit of fear, a spirit of slavery where you're trying to measure up to this certain ideal, and you're constantly afraid that if you don't do it, you'll be out. That's not what living by the Spirit is. See, living by the Spirit is something else. It says, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. It made us children of God. It restored our relationship with God so that we don't have to see God as some like angry guy in the sky that wants to punish us. But instead it says, by him we cry, Abba, Father. Do you know what Abba means? It's not that band from the 70s, right? Different word here. Uh, it's an Aramaic word. And I'll, I'll be honest, it doesn't really have a, a literal translation in English. But if you were going to translate it, it, Father is not the best choice. Um, father in, in English is so formal and kind of distant. Like, if you were gonna translate Abba into English, the better word to use would be dad. It's dad. It's got that kind of closeness. 
that through uh, Jesus Christ, we have a restored relationship with God where we can call him dad. And I'll tell you, I mean, those of us that are parents, uh, we know what it's like to have kids. And we get mad sometimes, right? But we never stop loving them, do we? And that's the relationship that God has with us. He's our dad. He loves us, and he cares about us. And so he makes us his children. As his children, life looks a certain way. That's another thing we spent a lot of time talking about this year. Uh, life, first of all, looks a little bit like this, right? We gather together, we worship, uh, we consider ourselves to be one people together, brothers and sisters in Christ, with a relationship with God and a relationship with one another. We do things like read the Bible, we baptize, we do the Lord's Supper, all that sort of stuff. We, uh, he calls us, he does call, it's not about keeping rules, but he does call us to live a certain kind of life, right? He says uh, we should love one another. In fact, he says that's how we should be known, by our love to one another. He says we should serve one another. And that means sometimes we put other people's needs ahead of our own. This is what it's like to live life as God's children. And I'll tell you, on the one hand, it's truly a miracle. It's a miracle we have that God speaks to us in his word. It's a miracle we have that he brings us forgiveness and new life. Those are miracles, but I'll tell you, when we do them day to day in this world, sometimes they seem mundane. And sometimes they don't really seem like what we actually want to get out of life. You know, I mean... uh, what people really want is the American dream, right? We want to have an, a good job, preferably making lots of money, or if not that, at least something really prestigious that we're proud of. We want to have a nice house. We want to have two new cars in the driveway. We want to have 2.5 kids. And, uh, and we want those things to reflect well on us, right? We want a spouse that makes us look good. We want children that are perfect little angels, so people will look at them and go, what great parents they have. Yes, few of us attain that, mind you, but it's what we're shooting for, right? That's kind of more what people want. In fact, the Bible tells a story about that, honestly. Um, And it's a story that, uh, to be quite honest, I had even kind of forgotten about, and I bet most of you aren't that familiar with it either. Uh, it takes place during the Exodus. Now, most of us know that, right? If you've seen, ever seen the Ten Commandments or Prince of Egypt, you know the basic story. Uh, that the God's people, the Israelites, were slaves in Egypt, and then God raised up Moses, and he led them out. And, you know, the plagues and all that, the parting of the Red Sea. Then they got the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. They wandered in the desert for a while, and then he led them to the Promised Land. Right? We're all familiar with that sort of basic story. But did you know? that at a certain point, God made them this offer. It's in Exodus chapter 33. We're not going to read it, but I'm going to tell it to you. But if you doubt me, you can go look. It's in Exodus chapter 33. God comes to Moses, and this is what he says. He says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Moses. I promised I would give the people the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land, you know, rich with, you know, where they could have, raise animals and grow crops and all that and be prosperous. I promised I would give them that land. I'm still going to keep that promise. 
I will send my angel ahead of them to clear the way, right? To conquer all the people that are there, to drive them out so that the Israelites can come in and take possession of that land. He said, I will keep my promise. I will do all that for them. And then he says, but I will not go with them. They'll go on their own by themselves. They can have it all, but not me. And I'll tell you, uh, in this life, in this world, there's a lot of people that take God up on that offer. In fact, you know, I hesitated whether I was going to talk about this or not, and uh, I did. I've talked about it in every service. Uh, But we had um, a big celebrity death this last week. Um, Probably you guys are more familiar than the 8 o'clock crowd, which skews a little older. Uh, But a guy, uh, a musician, kind of from my college days, um, although he's kept going long past then, but that's, you know, when he he made it big, uh, named Chris Cornell died this past week. Uh, He was in bands like Soundgarden and Temple of the Dog and Audio Slave and very successful. And I mean, really, by any way you slice it, uh, this guy had it all. I mean, he found success in three different bands. Um, obviously, had millions of fans, obviously very wealthy, super talented. I mean, just amazing uh, how this guy could sing and play guitar and all of that. And even in his personal life, I mean, uh, you know, I didn't pay that close of attention, but I never remember seeing the guy in the tabloids. He was happily married, as far as I know. Had pretty much everything we would want to have out of this life. And, uh, I mean, at least so far, the information that's come out Um, you know, from the police investigation, um, says he committed suicide. Now, I'm not judging him, and I don't know what was going on in his heart. But I will say this. Clearly, something was missing for him, though. Clearly, there was something that he needed that he was not getting. We go back to the story of Moses and God making that offer. You can have the promised land, just not with me in it. That offer terrified Moses and the Israelites. They were so scared. They were like, no, 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 no. That's not, no, we can't do it without you. We need you. There is a difference in having uh, all the things that God wants you to have in this life and to having all those things plus a relationship with him. That's what God wants for you. He wants to give you all those blessings, but he also wants you to know him. He wants you to have a relationship with him where you can say to him, Abba, Dad. Where you can find that comfort and that love and that trust and that forgiveness in him. The Apostle Paul in verse 17 says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. You know, we have, the image we have of Jesus is the image of Jesus from the Gospels, which is a time when Jesus humbled himself, when uh, he gave up his own power and authority to be born as a human being and to do the will of the Father in heaven. But there's another view of Jesus that we get in the scriptures. A view of Jesus in his glory. We see it in places like Revelation. We see it, believe it or not, in some Old Testament books like Daniel. 
Where like we see there's a vision in Revelation where you see him and he's pictured as a king with a crown and a bow riding on a white horse. And he goes out to bring victory to his people as he conquers sin and evil. That's what God wants you to have. He wants you to have that victory in your life. As his children, it's our inheritance that we have, that we know that evil does not win. But Christ does. And we get to take part in that victory. So my prayer, my hope for all of you, all of you, but of course for our confirmation students, is that you remember this. And that as you go forward, you continue to take part in the life that God wants you to have as his children. Because in doing so, you will find life. And in Jesus' name, amen.